and welcome to the Senior Care Growth Show, where senior care and senior living sales and marketing leaders go to grow. I'm your host, Rick Whittington. We have a real treat for you today. Uh, If you listen to our last podcast with Ryan Nisley from Presbyterian Senior Homes, he talked at length about the baby boom generation and what he's seeing at Presbyterian Senior Homes. Uh, Today, we're going to go much deeper into that topic with two gentlemen who are experts in the baby boomer generation. Today, you will meet Brad Ball and Brian Morris from Silver Advertising. Uh, Brad and Brian are now in their 60s, and they came together in 2017 to form a company that studies and understands the senior market better than anyone. I will let them introduce themselves more in depth during the show today as we get into our interview. Um, I know some of you who listen to our podcast are baby boomers, and uh, you know that the future of senior living is the baby boom generation. Uh, Some of you are already seeing that uh, at your communities. In the next several years, you will be selling senior living to more and more baby boomers. And so the time is now to understand this generation's attitudes toward aging and how you should be messaging your communities. Uh, As we study this age group, we know that the way you sell and market your services are going to need to adapt. Uh, We're going to hear today about baby boomers, media preferences, uh, aging in place, other attitudes and other trends that you're going to need to adapt to. Uh, Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to tell you about a new opportunity here at Senior Care Growth. Uh, At Senior Care Growth, our passion is is helping senior living industry professionals improve their sales and marketing. Uh, We've gotten some feedback that senior living communities would like a way to understand if their digital sales and marketing efforts are working and how to improve them. So we're going to introduce a new digital audit service. In this process, we'll review your total online presence from your ratings and reviews to your search engine visibility, from your websites to your advertising, and then we will give you a report and several ideas to improve your marketing and sales so you can increase your occupancy. If you'd like more information on that audit, all you have to do is go to SeniorCareGrowth.com slash audit. Again, that's SeniorCareGrowth.com slash audit. Okay, hopefully you'll find today's episode immensely valuable. I really enjoyed talking with these two guys. Let's get into my interview with Brad Ball and Brian Morris. Okay, guys, it's great to have you on the Senior Care Growth Show. Why don't we start with some introductions? Um, tell us who you are and what you do. Great. Thank you, Rick. My name is Brad Ball, and I'm sitting with my partner, Brian Morris. You'll hear from him in a minute. We have a company called Silver Advertising. We are about marketing advocates for seniors. And what that really means is, as two career agency guys, we believe that the most overlooked demo in the United States, frankly, the world, is the aging population which we're going to talk about. So thank you for having us on this broadcast. My, uh, my background, just really fast, I don't, I'm not embarrassed at all to say I've been doing marketing and advertising for over 45 years, which makes me very qualified on the subject of senior marketing and what opportunities exist. I uh, started in the agency business. We, as best friends, were both competitors as well as uh, members of the industry community here in Los Angeles. 
Uh, I started on the agency side and then became the chief marketing officer for McDonald's Corp, moved the family to Chicago. From there, Warner Brothers asked me to come back a few years later to head up marketing for motion pictures. And hopefully you saw Harry Potter. Then NASCAR tapped me on the shoulder, whom I met in my earlier career, to head up entertainment for that great sport. And finally, uh, had a stint with a very millennial company, an indoor trampoline franchise operation, a global franchise operation. And between that and my agency careers at Maroc and my own agency, uh, Brian and I put our heads together, which you'll hear when he takes over, uh, to really form a partnership uh, targeting this great opportunity. Great. I, I was wondering if you were going to say you got seniors to use the trampoline, but somehow I don't think that <laughs> well, me, that, that strategy didn't quite work. Uh, Brian Morris, and I've been in Los Angeles in marketing and advertising for about 40 years. And um, for a long time, 27 years, I was at a company called Daily & Associates here in LA. We had about 250 employees and lots of really good national accounts like Hilton and Safeway and Ford and Gallo and the LA Dodgers and KB Home. And when I left there, I went to Greenville, South Carolina to be the head of marketing at a luxury real estate company called um, IMI. And um, we had communities around really nice places in the world where people bought real estate and built homes and usually anchored by a golf course and a nice hotel. And, and, and that was awesome um, until 2008. Uh, you might remember that luxury real estate wasn't the best business to be in then. But um, by getting together with Brad and working on seniors, we, we kid about ourselves in a way in terms of our experience, but the reality is uh, it takes one to know one, is what we say. And um, we um, believe in research, but we have a focus group every morning when we look in the mirror. And we thought, how great to be marketing to a, to a target that we could totally identify with. And especially when you marry our marketing and advertising experience with our knowledge of the target audience and the fact that we live it, um, it was a good idea for a business. So um, we're really happy to be here today uh, talking about this subject. Yeah, it's great to have you guys on the broadcast today. Uh, thanks so much for, for lending your time uh, for that. Why don't we, um, when we first talked, you mentioned to me that baby boomers have different attitudes than the generation before. Can we go into that in a little bit more detail? Absolutely. First of all, I think most people watching this would know that the, the demographic is, is moving and it's big and it's boomers are 75 million in total, about 54 to 72 years old. And we agree that they're, they're quite different than the generation that preceded them, any generation for that matter. Um, one of the things that you'll notice when you learn about boomers is how much more active they are, how much more healthy they are, um, how much more interested they are in extending their good life as opposed to entering a new life. Uh, they don't view themselves as winding down at this point. They view themselves as going into the next chapter. And I think that's really important because while they might be retiring early, they're working still, they're vital, um, uh, they're still having sex. I, I, I'm not kidding when I say that, but it's a, it's an interesting section of what we learned about the target audience. And um, importantly, uh, one of the aha things that we learned was that the seniors and boomers are part of that, uh, considered themselves 10 to 20 years younger than they really are. And um, I think that's an insight because I know at 65 years old that that's, 
my opinion of myself. And it, it, it's very enlightening when it comes to talking to them because um, I remember doing advertising for Princess Cruises and casting was always a real issue because older people didn't want to say, well, I don't want to go on a cruise with those old people. <laughs> and so the reality was that we had to lower the, the age range down in order to, to talk to people. So um, boomers are, um, uh, you know, interesting because they've always been in charge. They've always been the biggest demographic. They've always been what the world revolves around. And right now they're feeling very uh, ignored and they're feeling like, wait a minute, we made this country the way it is in many ways, and now no one's talking to us, no one wants our opinion, and I think they're uh, ready to be talked to in a new and different way, and so we're going to talk about that more today, Rick, too. I would add that, you know, if you enter life uh, in full health, as they like to say, at age 60, right in the sweet spot of that 54 to 72-year-old boomer, you can expect an additional 19 years of life. And, you know, if your listeners want to write this down, N-F-R-F-C-G-A-S, it'll be catchy someday. Uh, <laughs> it actually means never fully retired from consuming goods and services. Now, think about that. When people question why we would go after this demo, it's because I don't care if we're 60 or 75. We haven't retired from those things that we love to do, which has an impact, I think, on your uh, direction for this opportunity. Uh, what should be happening in the senior living communities or those that choose to age in place. And that's where we think the sweet spot is, given this huge age, age wave. Yeah, and I think one of the other things we learned was that between 55 and 64, um, these consumers actually outspend uh, the average consumer in almost every category. And um, when we saw from ARP um, a statistic that said, that uh, the 55 plus spend 50% of all the money and control even more wealth than that in the country, but get 10% of all marketing dollars. That's when Brad and I said, this is There's an account to pitch. <laughs> you know, that, that data point, Rick, uh, leads right into this myth that seniors are afraid of digital. They're afraid of the internet. So untrue. Seniors spend two to one over what a millennial spends online. And we have to remember one thing. It was the seniors, this, this age group, these boomers that invented the technology we're all using today. So it's not about being afraid of it. It, it, it opens up huge opportunities. Yeah, I, I think one of the other things that makes this demographic different than it used to be is the, um, the advent of women uh, in terms of their power and control and interest, unlike other generations before. You know, the women have been in the workplace for a long time now, and they're not secondary. We always know that they've been influencers when it comes to decisions in the family. But now they're even at a, at a higher level. And the other thing that maybe makes this demographic different now is the influx of, um, of minorities who are now majorities. I mean, out here in California, we have 39% um, of our population is Hispanic and 14% is Asian and, and um, actual Caucasians are now the minority in this state. And the reason I bring that up is because as these boomers come through, it's not demographically the same group that we think of them as being. They're, you know, a, a lot more active women and a lot more minorities. So, so that alone um, is 
part of it. The other thing that we found is that this group thinks differently in terms of uh, uh, they're less wasteful and they're less um, extravagant and they're more concerned about um, uh, quality of life. We, you know, we talk about QTR. I think you've probably heard of that term, maybe quality time remaining. Mm -hmm. And um, they're a lot less interested in um, uh, postponing their life than, than living it every day and getting rid of the things in their life that um, bother them and concentrate on the things that are good. And I think that to some past generations that could sound selfish. To this generation, it's like, well, forget you. We're we're gonna we're gonna go to the we're gonna sprint to the finish line, and um, we're not gonna stop doing. We're gonna play pickleball, whatever yeah, exactly. it is. You know, you know how every every New Year's Eve you'd sit up and watch Dick Clark and the big ball dropping down to that <clears throat> December thirty first. January 1 transition. Seniors have that big ball in their mind every day because they're using that QTR, uh, quality time remaining, as a driver to, to, to enjoy what they've earned working and, and living their life. And uh, uh, we've come across some great examples that you'll probably ask us about in the business you know, your, your partners are in. Yeah, you know, that's a great point. I, I think, you know, in my own personal experience, my parents, uh, I grew up in a 1800 square foot home and my parents, who are both retired, just bought a 3500 square foot house. Wow. And they're going to be living in this house for maybe 10 years. And that's their that's their mindset. But they want to enjoy that 10 years that they worked so hard and earned. Yes. Right. And so, you know, I think our listeners are going to be working with baby boomers or they have been as decision influencers for their parents. And I think more and more we'll see our listeners sell their services directly to baby boomers. Let's start with baby boomers attitudes towards aging. Um, how do they view aging? I it's, you know, to break the cliches that are about aging today, as Brian said, you know, if the old expression was, you know, 50 is, is the new 40, it's more like 20 years difference in how you think about this. But I think one of the best examples of how they view aging today is age is just a number. Age is not a decision point with which you stop doing certain things. And the Bureau of Labor Statistics has this unbelievable data point. By 2024, think about that, six years from now, Seniors age 65 to 74 will have an increase in joining the workforce by four and a half percent. And millennials in that 16 to 24 age group will lose almost a share, one and a half percentage points in their workforce activity just by virtue of the, of the age change. So staying in the workforce is the most example, uh, best example of attitudinal differences than when our parents sort of automatically have that alarm clock that says you're this age, now you retire. Yeah, I think it's all, frankly, I think it's fueled by being healthier. And I think that that, that, that allows you to do the quality time remaining in the activities is that um, they're not as sedentary. And uh, I'm sure that the, the communities that your viewers are, are running are, are addressing that, that this isn't about parking someone in front of the television said anymore, that this is really an active group. And I found that the, um, the cruise line business is, is really leading the way when it comes to uh, how they're treating seniors, because they, for years, um, had a mindset of what a senior is. 
And yet now they realize that in order to get boomers, they've got to change their amenities and they've got to change their pricing and they've got to um, change their destinations when they get off the ship and change the whole mindset. We were talking to a cruise line recently that is putting bicycles on their river cruises and that are um, expanding um, uh, workout rooms and that are providing healthier cuisine. And, um, and, I, and I think they're really on top of it. I mean, they got a long way to go, but I think they're leading the way in a, a lot of important ways. Would you say that the cruise line industry is, is sort of at the forefront of that? So would you say that they're one of the best industries that our listeners could look to and, and kind of study how they're messaging and how they're portraying uh, their market? I would. I, I think that, um, that they're doing a couple things right. First of all, they're, they're, it's not just smoke and mirrors. They're spending a lot of money to revive, to, to redo their ships and to, and to come up with new and interesting activities for, for boomers. But um, they're, they're also communicating better than most industries are in terms of their realization that marketing materials uh, can't look cheesy, can't look stereotypical, can't look the same, can't be done by unqualified people. They've really upped the ante when it comes to production values. And we are <clears throat> real proponents about the production values of communication materials because it's, it says everything about you. Um, one of the reasons we felt um, really good about this opportunity is when we read that the average age of a creative person in an ad agency in America is 28 years old. And, um, and, and really and truly, what would they know other than something very stereotypical? So when we talk to um, people about communication materials and developing brochures or TV commercials, I think we have a much better sense of what kind of quality we expect in our lives and what kind of quality they expect, especially on a considered purchase item like a retirement community or a $15,000 cruise. And, um, and so that's changed the way we think. You know, that cruise example that Brian was just talking about, it's the attitude is shifting to the management of the cruise companies to get off the boat. In other words, it's one thing to dress up for a nice sit down dinner and maybe go play some cards and kind of cruise. It's another to purposely cruise, uh, which the river cruises are doing, but even some of the big ocean cruises are emphasizing to get off the boat. One in particular, Alma Waterways has just launched its largest ship ever where they doubled the public size, the public areas for activities and things to do with the same number of capacities, still for only 200 people. So it's, it's an ocean cruiser that's it's doing this. But when you sign up for those things, you're basically told, plan to walk seven or eight miles a day. Because when you get up the river to the, up the Danube, we want you to get off and really see it the way you would if you flew in from an airport and were taxied there. <laughs> that's a very different mindset than someone uh, today, and I, like you, had that same experience with both parents uh, going, well, my parents went from attempting to uh, age in place to move out, and the facility they went into, as good as it was, had the rows of paperback books that you could check out, it had the jigsaw puzzles, it had uh, the television sets with the wheelchairs lined up in front as if it was an indoor drive-in theater, okay? And there are situations where your health puts you in that position, but I think the trend is to get that experience on the independent side soon enough 
so that you live the fullest life with your fr friends and the community that you're becoming a part of. And there's a lot of learning out there that can be, uh, you know, trans transformed. Yeah, I think one thing that stuck out to me when we talked is that you you said that people are getting out. So baby boomers are, are wanting to be out. They're wanting to be adjunct professors. Uh, they're wanting to be active in their community as opposed to being active in the community in a building. Um, any any thoughts about that? Well, I'll tell you one quick thing. This whole digital myth that we talked about, what's happened is that the, the our generation coming into this, we're not digital natives, our children are, but our generation has so discovered and embraced online and email, and you can sit there and say Facebook is your dad. Say, well, that's 2 billion people that are using that, but they so discovered they can chase their curiosities into action because they learn about it and then follow up to do, to travel, to teach. Um, it's an active part of their planning process, especially as Brian said, when you shop, you do more homework now than you used to when you're reaching for a Groupon or a discount offer. No, I'll spend a little more because I've done my homework because I have this QTR hanging over me and I'm going to make this purchase last. Yeah, that's that's great. One other quote of yours that stuck out to me when we talked is that baby boomers and you said are the most experienced consumers on earth. And I thought that was really insightful. Uh, as senior living communities are planning uh, where to put their marketing and sales messages, can you tell us a little bit more about how baby boomers consume media? Uh, are they online? How do they spend their time online? Are they offline? And, and how, do they, how do they seek uh, advice for those services? Really interesting. I think that there are still some people that think they get all their information from their um, 10 o'clock coffee at a McDonald's or something uh, with their pals. And it couldn't be further from the truth. Um, just statistically, 78% you know, of boomers will use the internet this, this month, 80% use social media, 65% are on smartphones, 64-year-olds watch almost 43 hours of streaming TV uh, a, a week. And, um, and yet, and here's what you have to kind of look past the numbers and what, and we, we are very aware and, and proponents of digital media for this target. Let me just say that. But the thing that some um, resources will push clients is to ignore traditional media altogether. And I think that the key is the right mix. And uh, this target audience is still reading newspapers. Last time I looked, there were still TV commercials on television. Um, radio is still uh, effective in certain areas, outdoor. So we think that the it's probably a mix, Rick. And we think that you got to go heavy digital. That's, that's, you, you don't even begin to have that conversation, especially with this target audience on their computers and their smartphones. But let's not just forget traditional media because one of the things that you talked to us about was how do you stand out? And I, and, and, and I think you stand out by, by using the right media and matching that with the right message. And, and, and again, we're going to get back to tonality a lot because tonality is where people really miss the mark. So, so whether it's a newspaper ad or it's a brochure or it's a TV commercial, getting the message right and having it feel to this audience that it was created just for them and that you get them and that it's their music and it's their nostalgia and it's whatever you use, but they're going to A, say this was a message that was crafted for me and how I think they get me and number two how to stand out in that in that media and I and I think that 
Um, it's the same thing we've been saying for 40 years, but nobody is talking to this target audience like they're normal and they're, they're the, have the same issues as any other target audience. It's one thing to make them the butt of a joke in a great Super Bowl spot, but the fact is shopping and seniors are, as you said, and we, we, we brought this up, so, con so experienced. Think about this. Seniors buy one out of two new cars, okay? Seniors are driving well into their 70s and 80s, and that should scare a lot of us, including whether we lose our license. But the fact remains that those seniors, which were now, when they were in their 20s, 30s, and 40s, and they were negotiating to buy a car, what did you do? You went into the showroom, you listened to the guy, you made the proposal, and then he went to the manager to see if we could work out that price. People today, including seniors, will download these, the factory invoices, figure out which of them the dealers uh, will participate, and they're not the gullible seniors that are victims of fraud, which is, is a problem. They're the seniors that go in and have the information already when that salesman tries to sell them uh, you know, a, a more expensive package or suggest they could never meet that price. Guess what? I've got, the, I've got your invoice right here. I'm ready to bargain. So they are shrewd. They are shrewd consumers because, as we've said, they've had decades of experience on how to negotiate, how to do homework. And they want a discount. And they do want a discount, but they also, uh, you know, again, they're looking at this to as part of wealth preservation. Yeah, and they feel like they've earned it. I mean, yeah. they don't get credit for for a lot they did in their lives. And, um, and they still want to feel special, and they still, that discount or the or the uh, coupon or whatever still matters. Not as a, not being cheap, but just being smart. I want to get back to tonality for just a second, Rick, because we, the cruise line, it's, it's an interesting thing. They have broken stereotypes of this target audience in a good way. They will use romance as an example. They will use humor. They will use all the tried and true um, uh, creative um, uh, production issues that for some reason, when this target gets to be 60 or 65, people think that they, that they can look at schlock and it'll work. Um, it doesn't work that way. I got my first flyer the other day for a symposium on cremation. <laughs> That's when I really feel, there's two things that make me feel old. When I get those flyers in the mail, and I didn't go to that symposium, by the way. But um, the other thing is when I buy online and you scroll down to your birthday, and you scroll and you scroll and you scroll until you hit 1953. <laughs> now that's one of those things that wakes you up as a consumer. It annoys you when you it, you actually time out on your online time and you have to reboot <laughs> because by the time you scroll down, it might taste to 1950. Sometimes at one time I even just went down to 1901 just to see if they go, my God, this guy's 120 and he's still buying Nikes, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and they didn't call back. <laughs> well, you guys have given us a lot of great, a lot of great information about how to cut through that crowded market. I mean, we are constantly bombarded with messages today. And what I've heard from you is that seniors, baby boomers, especially are doing research online. They're also doing research offline and they're very prepared for those conversations and the, the purchases that they make. Um, and, and they're really sensitive to how, how, how the message is delivered and not just the message. One, one quick uh, point that uh, you just triggered. We handled in my agency, Forest Lawn, one of the most noted uh, mortuary services, cemeteries on the, in the, on the planet. And a big part of our marketing assignment was to promote pre-need, which is that really tough subject of picking the plot for the family based on your last wishes and where you want to lay to rest. 
And that is a very analogous that I think this boomer generation who on the one hand is caring for their aging parents, but they're thinking about it too. We sure thought about it as we transitioned our parents there and that pre-need includes how are you talking to them about this in this advertising tonality and in, in their own language and don't, don't make it a generic uh, kind of big white paintbrush. Get very specific, but get very real because when, you know, when the characters are real, people lean into the message. When they, when they smell a fake imposter, they, they move away. That's why great films always have a combination of old characters as well as the young guys. And when they work together, you've got a hit. And I think there's a lot of learning that uh, you had us think about, even just inviting us to be on this podcast. Yeah, I think that, if, if, you know, there's a hotel chain, I forget which one it is, like um, Comfort Inn or something, that had a long-running campaign that it was des designed with the business traveler in mind. And then they literally claimed that they had business people come together and say what they would want from a business hotel. Um, I think talking to boomers about what they want from a community now is really smart. And they're going to feel ownership and they're going to, it's going to change. I mean, I think that communities need to get ahead of the, of, of, of the, of the, of the curve when it comes to doing some of these kinds of things, like, again, like cruise ships are. Yeah. That's all great points there. All great points. I think, um, you know, I think especially as, as time goes on, our messages are going to need to change and the human element becomes really important um, to that advertising and to those messages that, that senior care and senior living communities are sending out. Um, we also talked at one point about home builders and how they're addressing aging in place. Uh, that seems to be a popular trend among uh, some of the older baby boomers. Can, can you give our listeners an example of that? And what impacts will, will trends like that have on senior care and senior living communities? Well, the first answer is huge impact, right? I mean, we've seen the data, you've seen the data that people uh, are, their big goal is to age in place as long as possible. And in so doing, all these new facilities, I can't use that word facility, all these new senior uh, living communities are vulnerable to a delay in the occupancy numbers that their model was built on. And what we have found is something that I remember in our own household. You start to make the house more livable for the, for the aging person, right? That's the usual things like the grab bars and the showers. But now that you have technology like Nest and these companies that are figuring out people are staying in their homes, they're making them, they're turning them into smart homes and the smart builders, the KP homes of the world are making smart home building decisions. The obvious one, single story. Okay, you really have to have single story or you better have elevators, one or the other. Secondly, you have the ability to light the flooring when you get out of bed, which you have a tendency to do in the middle of the night, just a little bit more so that you can have a lit path on the way to your, your quick trip. The bottom line is ramps, ramps, ramps. In our personal case, on my wife's side of the family, they have the wherewithal, the mother, the husband, and my wife's mother, to stay in their own home until they were 91 and 94, respectively. They passed away. And how did they do that in addition to having the financial wherewithal? Instead of the senior community that they put a down payment on, they put that money into a third or fourth bedroom, knowing that a live-in nurse on a 24-hour basis would have the room and the privacy to be there, very smart, and plan the ramp when the wall walker and the wheelchair become a reality. And that 
again, is this big difference that I think, you know, your folks are, that are marketers should be talking about now, not to be afraid that they're delaying the decision, but to let them know that you think about it. Um, when it comes to, I think the way to start that is by looking at what they want in a bigger way, independence, security, health, and, and, then, and then seeing like, like the home builders are doing is what can we do for that? And I think they need to know that these communities are addressing the same thing, that, that it's about independence still, that it's about dignity. It, it, and, I'm, and I'm not saying they're not doing this now, but to use those drivers that are especially important to boomers about, about not wanting to be treated as a stereotype, the next stage of life isn't like it, it happened to my parents, but to have a place that says, we get independence, here's what we're doing. We get the fact that there's less, that you want less regimentation. We get the fact that you want less formal, more casual. Whatever those things are, so that when they, we get the fact that you're active and here's how we're addressing that. Whatever those big issues are that, that this target wants, address those early on so that you have a counter argument to someone who says, the reason I want to stay in my house is for this reason. It's like, we got that. You know, we got that. And Don't make them feel they moved into a rest home, which is what we used to call these. They've moved into their own home or they're staying in their own home. Uh, my favorite discovery in this process, Rick, is a facility in Colorado called Aspen Ridge. And Aspen Ridge had this wonderful aha moment that their own community came up with. Let's have our own craft brewery and start it right here on the premises. They were at 50% occupancy when the idea came up. They invested $23,000 to start craft uh, brewing their own beer. As they say, they envision, they brew, they bottle, and then they drink it. 12 different uh, varieties as they're producing it. At the end of the first year, that occupancy was up to 100% because it combined a lot of things, a passion, uh, staying active and something Com different, community and pals, and something different than another game of canasta. <laughs> yeah, that's great, man! Such great information. Thanks so much for for sharing your expertise. I love that Aspen Ridge example too, uh, about just unique and interesting ways that senior living and senior care communities can. Um, you know, can really up their game in terms of their sales and marketing and the activities that boomers really connect with. Um, well, and stand out, Rick. That's like anything else, to have a unique point of view and a, a place that has a personality and an attitude that's different. Yeah. I mean, if I can live on a golf course and make my own beer, you're done. I think I know where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> well, last question for you guys. Where can our listeners find you if they'd like to have a conversation? Pretty easy. Um, I hope they do want to find us. Um, the, the email, it's brian, brian at silveradvertising.com, brad at silveradvertising.com. The website that, that we'd love people to check out is silveradvertising.com. We have a blog that's thesilverrush.com, the underscore silver underscore rush.com. And um, we, we, would, uh, we would love to chat. So um, we appreciate this opportunity and it's been a lot of fun. And I'd like to say one last thing, your listeners in the business they're in should know that the gold rush was a big idea and it really was a success. But the silver rush is returning and that silver rush is this here population. Here. It's okay. <laughs> that silver rush is going to bring back 
silver dollars for their business. And we're excited about it. And it was Brian said, we thank you for the opportunity uh, to let us uh, go beyond our timeline here. Yeah, man, I tell you, such great information here today, guys. Thank you so much for your willingness to share your expertise with our listeners. We're definitely better for it. Um, And that about wraps our show up today. Um, Thank you so much for listening to the Senior Care Grow Show, where senior care and senior living sales and marketing leaders go to grow. Your listenership is greatly appreciated. We'll see you next time. 